then there were two. Yep. Um, I, I had a thing to talk about, and now I've just forgotten what that thing was. You showed the Mazda V6 is for a while? Yeah, oh, okay, okay, so um, we were talking about, I have a couple of things. Actually. Okay. We were talking about the, uh, I, or I mentioned the MX-3, right? Mm-hmm. The MX-3 is a three-door, two-plus-two cam back, right? It's... Is it a 2 plus 2? Yeah. Two oh, plus I thought two. It, for some reason I thought it was a two-seater. Okay. Like 2 plus 2 cam back, right? So I, I, I'm like, what is this cam back thing you speak of, right? So I followed that Wikipedia Wikipedia link. Oh, boy. And um, that led me down the rabbit hole. Is so, that not just a glass hatchback? So cam back, also known as cam tail or K-tail, is uh, just a certain feature design, right? Um, so I thought, oh, you know, let's find some interesting, interesting uses of this. To like kind of get my head around what that shape actually is, so the original f- racing Ford GT40. Okay, so that like it's like that sloped back, and then it ends in an abrupt like vertical. So like the Shelby Daytona, not the GT40. Oh, I guess the GT40 kind of the, G- the GT40 did it too, but also the Shelby okay. Daytona. Yeah. Um, and then more modern cars, like the uh, the Honda Insight and the Prius, yeah, have that like sloped back end. CRX, vertical. kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. So um, it just it's just like a you know theory of uh, general the, shape. General shape, and uh, so I thought I just thought that was really interesting. Okay. And, you know all the all the I had not heard that term before. Cam two forty two sixty two eighty Z all those cars. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Jaguar type. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. not so much that that kind of tapers down more of a teardrop shape mm-hmm, than an mm-hmm, abrupt mm-hmm. end. Just all of those, all of those interesting things, but it goes, it goes way back to like the forties. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or maybe even earlier. Uh, they're making those like retro futuristic mm-hmm, cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, thirty, thirties and forties. Uh, you know, Chrysler, Airflow, Lincoln, Zephyr, those kinds of. Oh, Lincoln Zephyr. Super Whoa. old cars. Yeah. Uh, just thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is cool. Um. So then I was re- I was back on the uh you know on the. MX3 page just looking at random things and there's a uh, there was a link like a related cars or I forget exactly how I found the um, found the link that I was just on uh, what is it? hang on come on take me back to the page I was on take me down to the paradise <laughs> Anyways, I, cl- I clicked on a related, like, related cars thing mm-hmm. for the Protégé. Right? Okay. Um, and I think, I think Steve even mentioned the Protégé, and that's how I... Yeah, he was talking about the Protégé yeah, 5. that's right, that's right, that's right. So, pro- they made that car up until... Oh, four? That sounds about right. Something like that, right? Because, like, it, it ended... They had, like, the last... Towards the end of it was when they had, like, the MP3 edition, which was, like, yeah, yeah. oh, iPods are a thing now. So, they were, like, super yeah. early adopters for aux input stuff. Right. So, if you had to guess at a, um, uh, come on, where are you? There it is, okay. So, if you had to guess which gen, oh, 2003 they ended. Okay. 2003 they ended. That's pretty early. If you had to guess, are you on the, you're not on the, no, no, I'm I'm listening to you. If you had to guess which generation of protege that was. Four. Is it Four. Eighth. What? Eighth. How many predators? Okay. Eighth gen- they started in 1963. Really? With this piece. Whoa. <laughs> I had to have been Japan only. There's no way that was I, sold in the U.S. I am, I am positive that it was, but 
I they just like oh because it was under my, the familia yeah 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 just uh, absolutely blew my mind when wow. I was yeah look at that thing man man they were still making them in Hiroshima back then mm-hmm. that's crazy it's mm-hmm. awesome so I was just like clicking through like what is the earliest of this vert like car that I could ever remember even seeing an example of and I, I mean I think it's not even until you know the the sixth sixth generation that I like in the early 90s the fourth gen actually looks oh okay so the fourth gen Mazda Familia which also became the protege was all was the Mazda 323 mm-hmm. was the protege interesting okay so it's the same same lineage mm-hmm. okay it's well just... that fifth gen 323 or the Mazda Familia GTX for fifth gen from 85 to 89. That's a sweet looking car. Yeah, it's a good looking car, isn't it? And they made it in a uh, five door wagon. Because, like, the lead, the lead photo on Wikipedia for that generation is this awesome two door hatchback looking thing. It is sweet. Look at that. All right. That's yeah, great. Cool. Wagons are always good. I like wagons. Wagons are cool. So. That that was that was kind of the the Wikipedia rabbit trail in the evening for me. Yeah, that that's sixth gen, like eighty nine to ninety four. Protege or three two three, I guess. Like. Close the door. Is I I remember seeing those around a lot back in the day. Probably not so much anymore, because they've probably all rusted away to nothing. So I don't want to I don't want to blow through all of our topics that we have laid out. Yeah, uh, I think that would be in poor taste. But uh, one that's always fun to talk about and things that we've talked about before um, and what kind of got me thinking about this the other day was um, so I'd like to do the, the $10,000 idea, right? Okay. So let's just talk about that for a minute. But what got me thinking about this the other day was actually um, uh, my coworker and I were riding in, in the transit and we passed the Mega Millions billboard, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, it was at like it's one... It's 200 and something right now. I it's think. 200 something. But it was at, it was at like 130 something, right? So um, so the thought was, you know, uh, you know, after taxes, you take home... You Say you do the lump sum, you take home... Half. You know, whatever it is, you end up with... Because we ended up we ended up talking about what we, what you do what you would do with like ninety million dollars right oh dude so so like what, what, like, what my car taste is so different than that amount of money allows I know I know I know <laughs> and it's so it's so bizarre to even think about but like and this is always just a fun thing that we've been we've been talking about this for everybody does for this. like seventeen years now yeah. but um, like assuming. So so the the idea is like you, you break it into thirds, right? Okay. This is this is what my coworker and I came up okay. with. Break it into thirds, right? A third of it is like you and your family, like you're gonna you're gonna pay for your house, your yeah, house. Yeah. You're gonna pay for your like uh, you know he 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 doesn't um, go debt free. Take some vacation time. Yeah yeah. He he, he he's older, so his his motivations are a little bit different. But I'm gonna pay off my mortgage. My parents' mortgage, my brothers' mortgage, like everything like that. Okay, yep. that's one third that you know my kids are gonna you know inherit the last third, have all this money, right? Whatever's left. So that that's what that is. Another third is like is like your your um, your your investment. So like you you put away a third into whatever savings and buy and, a bunch of old Porsches. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
so you, you know you, you put it so so you know if you don't you know want to work for the rest of your life or whatever you can live off dividends from the from the other third from right the second third the third third okay was um what he what he wanted want to do is uh, he doesn't want to stop working I probably wouldn't want to actually stop working he want to be doing something see right? the problem here here this is like a philosophical thing that I've been thinking of it's like in a think of a perfect world where all meaningful work is autonomous it's like robotic and you don't actually have to physically do it um but like so now like people have unlimited relatively unlimited free time what would you do my answer is i would love to open up a garage and just work on old japanese cars which is not a viable business model to do here at all to like survive on just to just to tinker with yeah stuff, just right? just have a garage right. to work on old japanese stuff and i would love to do that just for fun like right. even if it's not my own cars and i'm right. not really making money at it right. just to turn wrenches on old japanese stuff would make me happy right so so hit the third the idea for the third third was fun money right or, yeah. or but but in the sense that, like, what are you going to do to keep yourself busy, right? Like, we just go spend money on all the Lamborghinis or whatever that you want. But, like, Fuck you know, at the end, that, like, that, that, I feel like that stuff is fun for, like, a minute. Uh, you know, uh, in relative scale, a minute being, like, a year. Like, I would have after, as, I would have as much fun tracking a stripped-down base model MR2 as I would in a Lamborghini, I guarantee you. Right, so, so his idea was that he wants to start a business, right? Okay. And now, what that business does, like, is is was was the subject of most of the conversation that we had, right? So, like, and he said, "Do you have any like business ideas that you could do?" And I was like, "You know, not, I, no, I, I guess not." But but I but then I thought about it. So he pitched me his idea. What he would he would want to do very much what you were just talking about was open up. He's a car. He's kind of a car guy. He was a Toyota tech for a while. Um, he wanted to open up essentially like a resto mod uh, shop, like mm-hmm. speed shop, and just work on old whatever cars, he wants to work on. Build whatever for friends, like you know, but turn it into um, into a communal space for people to just like come and hang out and like learn about cool cars and like you know you know you could turn it into a, a potentially viable business uh, for you know you. And he went through this whole business plan. He has sort of like, you know, getting a couple people straight out of you know some sort of school and blah blah blah. This whole thing. Um, so that that led me to think about the the ten thousand dollar idea that we had. What you would do, you know, if somebody just if you restricted it to car stuff. If you restricted it to car stuff, right? And you know, we're assuming that like you know, you don't need to spend the money on your family or whatever. So if somebody handed you a check for ten thousand dollars, what would you do with it? Would you continue? Would you maintain your current race car? I know you have a lot of sentimental attachment to your your Corolla. Um, not as not, much as you would think. Not too much. <laughs> not too much to race it. Yeah, but it's it's sentimental in the fact that it was Jake's, and I've known that car as being Jake's car for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's cool because it's a rare old 80s Toyota that's powered by a 4AG and Mm -hmm. I just naturally think it's cool yeah um but if I were to take it to Dominion and lose a say like a control arm brakes or a ball joint brakes and I stuff it into the wall and don't suffer major personal injury 
I'll be sad because I'll have lost the money that I put into it. But I walk away not entirely like... It's not the end of my... Like, it's not the end of the world. Right. Uh, I'll be alright. I still have the MR2. Mm-hmm. Um, but $10,000 right now... Let, let's also assume... Are, are we are we not say, are we saying don't count buying a tow vehicle yeah, with that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Because I would yeah. totally buy a I tow know, vehicle. I know. <laughs> it would be, be a manual Xterra and a two wheel dolly tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, no. Okay. So either buy a new car or fix what I have now. What I have now works. Um, I don't really need to fix them to get them working. Um, I would definitely get. I would I would have the transmission on the Corolla rebuilt and with a uh I think it's M Theory is the name of the brand with a, a shorter final drive and a limited slip diff lightweight flywheel and a high, a, a nicer clutch put in mm-hmm. that that would revolutionize that car mm-hmm. so much uh full cage mm-hmm. from uh Jamie at River City Speed would build that um I wouldn't do much to the motor I would pretty much Mm -hmm. leave it stock until it explodes, Mm -hmm. um, which apparently, given how healthy the numbers are, I don't think it's going to explode anytime soon. You'd certainly hope not. I hope not. Um, I can probably talk to Clay, who's probably got like eight 4AGs sitting around, Mm -hmm. but um, I think it's probably fine. Um, But yeah, limited slip diff, transmission rebuild, lightweight flywheel, lightweight pulleys all on the car just to make it rev nicer, Um, cage... Uh, and possibly um, just some maybe maybe invest in uh, it's car stuff, not garage infrastructure stuff. Because mm-hmm. I need two twenty in the garage. Because I'd like to get like a TIG welder and learn how mm-hmm. to do proper TIG welding. Mm-hmm. Um, I would okay. I would also get the because um, all the stuff that I just talked about is only like three grand, right? Maybe right. Um, maybe a little you bit more. Teach. Okay, so that's like four grand, maybe yeah. five grand. Yeah. Um, more safety equipment. I put a fire suppression system in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably get rid of the stock fuel tank and put a fuel cell in the back because the stock fuel tank sloshes so bad mm-hmm. that it just pukes fuel. Fuel cell, such a great so idea. So bad. You just um, run like a, like a little eight-gallon one or something? Like that. Or less. Yeah. Because like the the fuel tank as it is now, it on my last on one of my early track crosses it it sloshed so bad that it went all the way up the yeah. vent tube and filled literally the the charcoal canister in the engine bay filled with fuel and was puking fuel down the vent tube into the chassis and was leaking out of the ch- like I couldn't figure out where it was leaking from because it was dripping fuel from inside the chassis. Yeah, I remember and, you uh, talking about that. So like, just the stock the stock fuel tank is garbage and it needs to go. I'd put a fuel cell in the where the spare tire goes probably. Um, full cage fire suppression. Um, I would get a Hans device. I need a Hans device so bad. Like I'm running just a, a basic like thirty dollars Simpson foam collar, which isn't gonna do a whole lot. It just makes me feel better. Um, just kind of safe, nicer safety equipment. I would definitely get like a, a GoPro Hero Seven because mm-hmm. it has the awesome image stabilization. They're sweet. They're so good, but apparently the battery only lasts like two hours on the new ones. Really? Yeah, the battery yeah. life's not good, but it's still rad, and I want one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's basically it. Like basically, oh, steering wheel. That car needs a steering wheel so bad. The stock, yeah. the stock steering wheel is so is terrible. I need and I need gloves because even I've only done one full HPDE day where it's like four sessions in a day. And by the end of the day, my hands just had blisters all over them from that steering wheel and no power steering. Mm-hmm. So having like nice gloves, a nice steering wheel with like a detachable hub would make a big difference in that car, I think. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like nothing crazy, like just safety stuff and a nicer like limited slip diff and shorter final mm-hmm. drive. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> what about you? I've only been thinking about this question for like six hours in, in expectation of, of answering you when you asked me that, and I still don't have a very good answer for you. Um, Bye, Subaru. I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really torn. I'm okay. really torn. Um, Put two Jay-Z in truck? I don't know. I could, like, I think that I would buy another vehicle. Okay. Or buy a storage unit for Jack to put his Volvo in. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. He's never going to listen to this. But um, I, I really don't know what it would be. I really do want a Subaru. I do want a 2.5 RS. Some kind of bad. If you... Okay. Let's say, hypothetically, you did get a two-door, four-door? Two-door? Two-door. Two-door GC chassis. Mm-hmm. What would you do with it? Right. Would you put an H six in it? Would you put a two? No. Would you put just like a WRX drivetrain in it? Probably just put a WRX drivetrain in it. That's uh, enough. And some big brakes, and then like some you know some chassis bits. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That's probably that's all it needs. It's a great chassis. Yeah, but that's probably eight grand worth of stuff. Depending on how much the car is, if you go bought for, a, if you bought a super junker car, I don't actually know what going rates on those cars. Assuming you, right now, but does it have to be a two point like an actual two point five RS or can it? Just I be mean, a that would be nice. I mean, if you're swapping everything over anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think just I, put a, just put just buy a replica wing and stick the wing on. It. It, it, I think you know the the front the front clip is different. I think, and I, I honestly, it's been so long since I've looked at any information about those cars. That I kind of forget a lot of it. Um, so that's one idea. Another idea is just to buy another Miata and do cool things to it. Um, I, I really, really do want to have a Miata. Um, I, I don't even necessarily need, need it to be super fast, but I really want a really good looking Miata at mm. some point in my life. Um, just a clean Just a, car. Very, a very clean one. Um, so to have a, a nice clean black or, or silver one or something like that would be very nice and you know, do some do some nice things with the aesthetics of the car. Uh, some nice wheels. Um, just basic, just a nice, yeah. pretty car. Mm-hmm. Um, or to do a crazy custom paint job. Mm. Um, I, I think it would be very awesome to, to model one after a... Um, uh, P fifty one Mustang, mm. uh, with the olive drab paint on the outside and the uh, all of the in like the. If you imagine the car all closed up, right? So all of the things you don't see, the door jams under the hood and the inside the trunk and everything like that. Paint all of those like baby blue because they did that on huh. the Mustangs. Did they? Yeah, I didn't so know the that. Out the exterior uh, is it the is it the Mustang? 
The P fifty one that had like the shark face on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole it's the shark face, and then everything else is olive drab on the outside, and then all of the inside bits are all painted like this crazy baby blue color. Interesting. Uh, they did that for a reason. I Probably can't. so you could spot leaks easily. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I'm not. I, w- I wasn't 100 percent sure about that, but I have just always wanted to do that to the Miata. That'd be cool. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, to do that. Um, the, the, you could realistically you could do that for so cheap. I know. I know. You could do. You could do it with a rattle can, but yeah. like to to actually do strip it down. To actually strip nice. the the whole the whole chassis down to do all of the actual painting. Uh, it would take a lot of time and have a nice interior. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that, and then there's uh, the guy that took a uh, a wrecked NB and swapped all the NB parts into the NA, like the interiors. Yeah. Ooh, NB so, has so a nice he, interior. So he had a, he had an NB interior okay. and the motor in in an NA. There is a guy. Not to interrupt you too bad, but talking about swapping NB Miata interiors into stuff. Apparently, it fits into two forty Zs really well. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> John, uh, my friend John Rock shared a because he wants a two forty Z some kind of bad. Mm-hmm. He shared a link with one that was for sale out by him in like somewhere in the Midwest, and it had a, a full NB dash swap, and it looked factory like it fit perfectly. Oh, that is pretty cool. We're, so we're sitting in my my horrible 70s room smoking a hookah while we record this. And, like, the haze in the room has formed a very interesting static layer about four feet off the ground. And it's really cool looking. I'm sorry. That is that is pretty banging. That is really neat. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so Subaru, Miata, like, you know, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Back but and forth. here's the thing. I'm with I under I understand where you're coming from yeah. with a Miata. You've already had two. Right. I think right. maybe it's time to go to what sparked your right. interest in cars. So what sparked my interest in cars is actually a Mustang. Good luck buying a cheap Fox body right. anymore. Right. So the the God. third option is a Fox body. And for the Fox body, the prices have gone up so much. They they have gone up some. Uh, I was looking the other day. They're they're at least for a factory five zero. They're they're they can be they can be pricey. They yeah. can be pricey depending on what you're buying. You know, most of these people are have you know, uh, you know, Windsor motors and things like that in them now and making you know more power and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I and I flip flop you know on on the Fox body as well, uh, and I think that I would I would really like it is. Um, I don't necessarily care about the way that they, uh, the way that it would look, except to have just you know straight body panels. As long as it is not is smooshed. Not, yeah, as long as it's not been you know, you know heavily modified or you know any you know looks you know fenders replaced and they don't fit or you know. I was having a discussion with a guy. Like I went to Cars and Coffee for the first time in like a year a couple weeks ago. And, like, the one dude there that I didn't already know that I talked to was a guy that has, like, eight Fox bodies. Mm-hmm. And it, one there were two really, really clean Fox body Mustangs there. And one of them was his. And he, we were talking about, like, how prices have gone up and stuff. And uh, he was talking about, like, how he's willing to sell, like, a bunch of the ones he really? has. So that's probably not, not good news. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're out there, I guess. So I've just I've I, I have always loved that chat that platform. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think you can do a lot of really interesting stuff with the motor and the suspension. It's on a that great car. blank slate. It really is. Um, you can spend an absolute load of money on them. 
or you can also, you know, build it with parts off the shelf from Napa. You know yeah. I mean? It's like, it just seems like that kind of thing. And, um, you know, you know, everybody wants the, the Cobra intake and, uh, GT 40 heads, GT 40 heads. And I think they did a different cam in one application of that motor. Or somewhere. you could just LS swap it. Right. right. <laughs> if you well, want to piss everyone off. The whole, the whole, the whole, part of the dream, the, the appeal of that car is that motor. It's not great. But it's just no. cool. It was just, great for the time. I just really like it. I like the way the the intake manifold is shaped. I don't know why. I just really, really do the the. That's how I feel about the five M, the Toyota five M. I think yeah. it's the most beautiful engine ever, even yeah. though it's not. But I love it. <laughs> I just, I just really think it's it's gorgeous, and um, I've always loved the the Cobra intakes and and um, you know the again the GT forty heads, but they're so expensive. I yeah, think the intakes are like. Twelve hundred dollars or something crazy like that. Um, I, I hate to. I did this on the last podcast, but Matt Farah from the Smoking yeah, Tire. Yeah, I know. I know. He had a Fox body that mm-hmm. he poured. I think by the end of the project, it was roughly thirty-five or forty thousand dollars into. Yeah. But it had a full IRS mm-hmm. from a Cobra, mm-hmm. the Cobra R steering rack, which is apparently really hard to find, like mm-hmm. a genuine one, because it's a faster ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, like. He had a wide, like, metal wide body grafted in, so it looked... It, there wasn't riveted on. It was all molded. Right, right. But... And, and the wheels were pushed way far out to accommodate that, but so were... Like, the geometry of the suspension was right. like, completely up. redesigned. Like, the pickup points were yeah, completely yeah, 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 different. Yeah. Um, and it handled awesome, but he was like, that motor... Like, even if you spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on it, you're not going to make more than a couple hundred extra horsepower yeah like it's just not it's not that's why you yeah you buy a a coyote or put a coyote (laughs) coyote great motor is the way to go yeah so but but there's just there's just something about that car and they're great um are you you might not be familiar with this but um do you know anything about people who swap jaguar um differentials into cars like older Jaguar differentials. Are no, why is, why is that a right, thing? So, so Jaguar... Is that the inboard brakes? Yes. So Jaguar did this really interesting thing where they put... They took the brake calipers and they put them on the differential. Yeah, Lotus, did. The, the, Lotus the, did the same thing on some of the early Esprits. I said calipers. I meant rotors. Yeah. But uh, the, the whole brake assembly the whole is like at assembly. the diff, so it's not... It's unsprung weight. Well, I guess it still is unsprung weight. It's less... It's no, best. It's, it's, it's not... Uns- it, it is sprung weight. Okay. Because it it the that that math ends halfway through the the drive the drive shaft. Okay. Essentially. Because you have the differential supporting yeah. one not drive shaft. I meant the arm. The the axle. Axle. Thank there you. you. Goodness gracious. Yep. <laughs> halfway through the axle, so you. So have... you're not loading up the axle as a spring with the braking force. Right. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. It's, but it makes it so much harder to do a brake job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh right, my god. Right. So, I, but I've just always—that was another thing I learned about in in, in Tech in my Jesse Club class because um, the instructor, like one of the instructors, like collected them out of junkyards, basically mm-hmm. just to do swaps into whatever. Were they all like factory, like clutch type limited slips and stuff like that? Yeah, like, they're really the, cool I, stuff. I think they they were just great differentials. They mm-hmm. came in like amazing ratios, and they just like you, all you had to do is build a like a cradle. For it to go in. And like an adapter for your drive shaft. Yeah. Hmm. And you're golden. Okay. So I, I've always wanted to do stuff like and that. And I would imagine at the time, 
for the period that those cars were out, most of the Jags, even if they had the inboard brakes, were still discs, whereas a lot of American cars were probably still running rear drums. Probably, yeah. I, I so think, it's probably still an upgrade. Yeah, right. Hmm. That's an interesting. I had not that had never even crossed my mind because the idea of changing out inboard brake rotors makes me want to shoot myself. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what 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 that would what that would involve? But I, I mean, it's not the world's best solution. But it is a solution. But, but if you just got really, really hard rotors, all you'd ever have to change is the pads, right? I guess. I mean, tech on a very technical level. <laughs> I guess. It's it, again. It's not the world's best solution. But no. the point. The it's point a, is, it's like, a neat idea. The point is, uh, I'm not. Gonna, I wouldn't daily drive the car. No. You know what I mean. So mm. how often would I actually be replacing rear brake rotors? On a car that I drove a thousand miles a year. Well, I have about a thousand miles on the Corolla, and I might be changing out the rear brakes because it's it's going every all the time. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But just to do interesting things like that, and that was that, and so that kind of. Um, it's always fun to Frankenstein a car rather right. than buy like crazy aftermarket stuff. Right. It's fun to find OE parts from some random thing that you can make work. So that that was kind of one of the ideas that I, I snowballed into with this lottery discussion that my coworker and I were having was like like you were saying, I I want to just kind of tinker on things without the responsibility of having to take home, take home a check at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I want I will, let me see if this fits oh it doesn't work uh, Craigslist it is you know yeah. and then the thing just disappears and the next thing rolls in you know mm-hmm. and just whatever we can whatever we can get to work you know I, I don't know I just think about that kind of stuff all the time it, it, like if I could if I could spend the rest of my life like like as as of just just building weird amalgamation homebrew welded up coilovers and stuff for people <laughs> yeah. I would be so happy that yeah. was so much fun to me yeah and even uh, if it doesn't work all that well it does work okay I guess and to have just the you know the machine shop to just build random things to make adapters for this thing to that thing mm. you know it's like it's I, like we were talking about the, doing the drive shaft to the jag yeah, yeah, just yeah. a different just a spacer adapter yeah, yeah. I just, I love that kind of problem solving. It really, it really works for me, and mm. I love coming up with solutions for things like that. And mm. I think about things like that all the time, and don't have the space or the time or the resources to to realize a lot of them, which is kind of makes me sad sometimes. But yeah, you know, it's it's still just fun to think about. I mean, I have, I. <laughs> I have a lot of windscreen time with my job, and I don't. I, that's just the kind of stuff that I think about yeah. while I'm driving. Is like, what would it take to to make this part fit in this place in this car? Or, you mm-hmm. know, what What would I actually do if I had ten thousand dollars? Or you know how? Yeah. Um, I remember um, one of my chassis fab instructors talking about. So he raced like super unlimited, you know, whatever class where it's just like. Whatever you can do. What essentially whatever you can do. Yeah, there's like very few rules. You know, your your car could only be X wide by X long, and then it did that. The rest basically didn't matter. Um, so he actually had a um, a uh, 
an ex stock car motor, so like stepped down from NASCAR essentially motor that made like nine hundred horsepower or something stupid like that. Um, this tiny little two speed transmission. Um, like the first the fir- the first gear gets it rolling, and, and then the, the second, second gear just goes. Just goes yeah. yeah. Um, like the Koenigsegg one speed. Yeah, transition. yeah. There was like there was something really weird about how how you shifted that thing. I can't remember now. It's like you had to like you had to press the you had to hold the clutch pedal in to go in first gear, and then when you let you let it out only when you shifted into second gear or something like that. It was very strange. It's okay, some, something very weird. It's like Model T ish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was very strange. Something going on, but uh, but his drive the drive shaft because it was only it only had to be you know eight or nine inches long or whatever. Right. Was was like a a a one and a quarter inch square tube. <laughs> just like with two with two flanges both like welded on the end and he said they broke all the time but it right. cost three three dollars to make a new one or whatever <laughs> so it's like if if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a weak spot in your drivetrain it might as well cost four dollars to replace yeah. and save the rest of it and you have because, like 18 of them on a shelf yeah to swap yeah in. that's right yeah. because you know you ha- you spent you know all this money on a on a motor and an obscene amount of money on a differential. Yeah. Because they have... The quick change ratios They, they have quick change ratios. They have... Uh, they have inboard brake discs. They have... Um, Ooh, one other one other thing about inboard brakes is you don't get airflow. Yeah. That's the other thing. Fair point. Fair point. Um, I think they had inboard brakes. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, they had aluminum, uh, you know, half shabs or whatever you... Axles. Uh, and magnesium hubs. Uh... So the but their hubs I forget, there's a name for it and I can't remember what it's called. Um, you've probably seen them on on like dump trucks, but the hub is like ninety percent of the diameter. Oh of the yeah, mm-hmm. so the wheel is just like the barrel that you bolt yeah. onto the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it saves like pounds and pounds and pounds of weight off the wheel. Huh. It's it. I don't know exactly how it works. The math, you know, he explained it all, and that was ten years ago, and I've forgotten it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I, and I got to look at that car every day in, in the shop, hmm. just sitting in the corner. Neat. Yeah. And I tried to fit in it once. No. no. It's like a 19 inch gap to get in the window. Oh it's, God. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Heck, even just trying to squeeze into a, a any car with a full cage mm-hmm. in it with door bars is a pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an adventure. Yeah. Um. I was going to bring up as a topic. Um, if you're okay, I was gonna talk about. I, I know you'll probably have some stuff to contribute to this. I don't know about anybody else, like random YouTube videos or like car features or articles that have had like a big impact on you in your car life. Like for me, an example uh, for me is I remember there's a video. I think it was Donut Media recently did a YouTube video about the Lotus uh, Carlton. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a video that has been going around the internet since like the Street Fire days or earlier, wow, like okay. pre pre yeah. big YouTube. Yeah, of a guy in a black Lotus Carlton evading police. Yes, I remember Do that know? video. And it just like yeah. taking off like a yeah. freaking rocket. Yeah, I that that, that like stuff like that, or like videos yeah. like that had a big impact on you. Like that was one for me. 
and like the old um, oh my god I can't even remember Ghost Rider I think is yes. the one there's like the, some dude in like the in Eastern Europe would yeah. just like taunt police and get like see how many helicopters he could get to follow him yeah and then he did the he did the chase with the uh, Z3 and the escape from Stockholm yeah yeah, yeah. That, those he, videos he pretended to be a cop yeah yep it's just stuff like that that like yeah. really stuck with you over the years. Yeah, Do you have yeah. anything like that? So, Ghost Rider is definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, that Lotus Carlton video I showed to everybody that I could while I was at Wyatech. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it, and then we're gonna move on. But Top Gear. Yeah, like back when it back when you could torrent it on FinalGear.com, yep, yep. and it was the uncut. British version that yep. didn't have all the good jokes cut out for the dumb American audience. Yes, that's right. So, yes. Top Gear in in a, in a box over there. We can mm-hmm. we can talk about Top Gear 100% later. Huge influence. Um I, and I used to watch on so so not YouTube, but actual cable television. Yeah. Uh Spike TV had the Power Block every Saturday. Oh. Oh um, my god. So it was wow. it was um I can't even remember the names of the shows now, but uh, Stacy David had a show. Uh, he's a big truck guy, a big fabricated ranger builder. He's really yeah. awesome. Um, so they had a show uh, about engines and like high performance stuff and motors and things they like got, that. They got really technical uh, in those shows. Horsepower, Horsepower TV. Yeah. That's what it was called. Horsepower TV. Uh, that is one of the reasons I fell in love with Fox Body was that mm-hmm. show. Um, they the, uh, one of the first couple episodes I had, I watched on there. They had a um, they had a ninety one LX, so the five liter uh, coupe. Um, the notchback. No, no. Uh, there, there's the the notchback and the coupe. They're different. They're... I thought the okay hatch and notch. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. So, anyways. And then they just did some, like, general maintenance and then, like, a couple of, like, go-fast bits and they gained, you know, a little bit of horsepower and mm-hmm. that was like, cars yeah. are cool! Yeah, yeah, back then, that yeah. was, that's yeah. how it was. Yeah, so, um, and that's when I learned it, because I think they did a tune also, because you could, on the on the Fox bodies, it had a EEPROM memory system, so you couldn't, you could write a new chip, chip mm-hmm. but you couldn't rewrite a chip. Oh right! So you just have like a box of chips. So and you solder you, in. You you buy a box of chips. No, they just click, click in like ram oh. like a ram card on a. So you just open up the thing and like click a new one in, oh. and like and then you then you run the dyno and you're like oh that tune wasn't good click that one out burn another one put it in and hmm. you know that's how you made your and it was just like so cool I just like that like blew my mind, um so then and then super uh, primitive tuning yeah. F- uh, f- uh, gosh, Extreme 4x4 or Extreme 4-Wheel or something like that mm-hmm. uh, was the other show that uh, kind of kept me interested in um, in four-wheel drive vehicles. Uh, I've never, you know, owned or driven anything like that. Well, driven maybe a little bit, but I've never, I've never owned anything like that or have much experience with it. But I'm definitely super interested in basically anything with a steering wheel and is powered by gasoline, you know. Um, or diesel. Or diesel. It's fair. It's fair. Internal combustion. There you go. That's the words I was looking for. I was going to say explosion engine, but um, I can even be into steam if uh, you want to hit me up, Mister Leno. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anyways, um, so those shows definitely had had a huge impact on me. Stayed with me for a while. Um, Fast forwarding to my YouTube 
super user life now. Um, <laughs> I, I basically live on YouTube. I have been really, really uh, recently... Oh, okay. Sorry. Let me take an intermediary step to uh, Moto IQ. Oh, my God. Website. Um, their, that is magical. Their builds, I just... I, would, I used to read them constantly. Yeah. I reread the Tundra build. I'd reread. I love um, the S2000 build was one of my favorite ones. The they, they did build. a lot of like oil cooling and like optimization of what was already there for cooling systems. Mm -hmm. um, the the Tundra build, the S2000 build, the the um, Miata Busa, the Miata Busa, the um, Honda Ruckus. Yeah. Um, oh man, I forgot about that one. That was what got me into Moto IQ. Yeah, the Ruckus build was really good. Um, there was one the nine thousand dollar ruckus. Yeah, I th think they had a they had an Evo eight build. They have point, several Evos. Um, it was back before Moto IQ. It's not not to rag on Moto IQ. It's still a great website, but it seems like a lot of their content now is just we put KWs and fancy wheels on this and stop tech brakes mm -hmm. and that's the build. Yeah, and it's like I get it. It's expensive parts. Yeah, and they're great, but. Can we do other things also, like cutting holes in your hood to see if it makes a difference? Right, right. Um, I can't. I can't think of anything really media-wise other than that around that time. Yeah. Because I wasn't super into YouTube at that point. The original, the very first Ken Block Jim Connor video was big. Yeah, I could that see was that. Real big. Yeah. yeah. Um, Another one I can I can think of off the top of my head is Wheeler Dealers. Wheeler Dealers. I loved we old Wheeler Dealers mm -hmm. was really good. Yeah. Ed China's the man. Yep. I wish his new YouTube series had taken off besides one episode because mm -hmm. it was good. Yeah. It's a shame that he's not associated with the show anymore. But I under I completely understand why. Yeah. Because no offense to Ed or not Ed, but um. Mike. Um, Mike. No offense to Mike, but his his segments are by far the least interesting parts of that show. Absolutely. Um, so. So nowadays. Uh, oh, freaking um, the Japanese drifting uh like uh uh what are they called? Oh yeah, the um. Oh my gosh. The hot version and yeah. um. All those crazy, like, Japanese tuning drifting videos that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. What are they called? I can't think of it. With Kaichi Tsuchiya yeah. and Orido and yeah, yeah. Taniguchi and all them Gosh, doing crazy what stuff. What are those? Uh, I don't remember. Best Motoring. Best Holy best crap. Motoring. That's the one. Yep. Yep. Those videos are good, too. The Drift Bible um, and all that stuff. They, I'm, I'm not the biggest Drift fan. But, yeah, right. And so those videos are, like... They're just kind of cool for yeah. me. They don't. They they didn't ever really influence my interest in those vehicles at all. The drift stuff. I'm with you on the drift stuff. Like it's it's neat, but it's not like my what I really really take an interest in. But like I remember, there's one video that at least on on the YouTube version of the video was called like Turbos versus NAs, and it was like two guys in two different S chassis cars with big turbos on them, and then. Suchia was in an S2000 with ITBs, mm -hmm. and Orito was driving the Techno Pro Spirit MRS, which had a 2ZZ swap, I and he that. fucking wiped the floor with everyone else in yeah. a car that had like half as much horsepower because it weighed nothing, and he's an amazing driver. Yeah, and I do remember that video. That, that, that Techno Pro Spirit MRS was like... 
the only car at the time that could beat Tsuchiya's 8.6 in their mm-hmm. little toge battle things. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool, and I loved watching those. Yeah, yeah. Just as an MR2 crazy person. Yeah. But I, um, so, anyways, um, now, I, I absolutely, I've, and I mentioned this before, but I cannot get enough of, uh, of VinWiki on YouTube right and now. And this old Tony. And this old Tony, but he's not really a car guy, but he is absolutely my favorite YouTuber of all time. Anyways, um, VinWiki is a channel where they, they just they just tell car stories, and again, I've mentioned this before, um, but it's read by run by Ed Bolin, 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 I think, Bolin, who is the um, Cannonball record holder right now. I uh, actually holds I think two different titles, two or three different titles. Yeah. But anyways, a lot of people have been on that show, but it's just so awesome. Yeah. He's an amazing storyteller. He's a great guy, and I just want to be his best friend. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he, uh, they, they've really turned that into into quite the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think, now making his living from that YouTube channel and, and his nice. app. So, what, so he has an app. Yeah. So VinWiki started as an app. Okay. So the idea is that it's it's a it's an encyclopedia of of Vin Vins. numbers. Okay. Yeah. So specifically around exotic cars, I think like any you can do anything on there. I mean, anything with a VIN number will go in the, the app, right? But the idea is that like they track everything about every VIN number possible because pe- all these people have this app and they just, just to have data, just to have data about mm. it. And they, so they can they can go in and you know you can go into this app. Apparently, I I don't I haven't downloaded it or looked at it really, but. Um, you can see the history of the car and you can it will tell you you know what each car has on it like as far as options go and stuff like that and it has influenced the market for really those, for those vehicles yeah Neat. because like now people are actually paying attention to like how many how many LP640 Gallardos came in this color with this transmission with mm. this you know interior package Okay, well, there's only three of them in the country. Right. You know what I mean? And that price goes up? Yeah, yeah. right. So stuff like that is just really interesting. Um, so anyways, but they're, they're I think he's making his living now doing that. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, and he's just got a really interesting car history. Um, he started in his college days, he started a, uh exotic car rental business by essentially talking a bank into giving him a loan <laughs> to buy a Gallardo. Right. And uh, so he went and bought a Gallardo as a 20, 21-year-old or something like that and immediately started. Like, he didn't have enough money to make the first payment. Right. But he got it financed. Mm-hmm. So it was like... He, but business better work. So business better work, right? And he just went out and started renting it and made made his money. And then went and then he you know, just added to the fleet and added to the fleet. And um, now most of his, his equity, if you will, is wrapped up in the cars that he owns. But mm-hmm. like... That he buys cars and almost always makes money on them because he buys, you know, bad example, you know, examples that people don't necessarily want, like high mileage or like, mm-hmm. you know, manual transmission Murcielagos. Which are now worth a lot. Which are worth a huge amount of <laughs> yeah. money now. Uh, he bought the, um, I'm going to mess it up because I don't know my Porsche numbers, but the 996, maybe, Roof, R-U-F. You familiar at all with Was this it, car? Are you talking air cooled or water cooled? I think it's water cooled. Nine 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 six, I believe, was the first water cooled ones in the early two thousands. 
The 993 was the 90, 90s ones that were the last air-cooled let me, ones. Let me make sure. Um, it, 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 Porsche st- it, sorry, Porsche stuff... is so it, confusing. It doesn't matter. It's it, fine. It's fine. They're all the um, same. I, I don't know exactly. The point is, he bought he bought an RUF, right? It's like this 800 horsepower or whatever, super crazy modified car. But he bought it for like... Nothing. He bought it for like sixty grand or something Jesus like Christ. that, and it like didn't really run well, and he ended up spending a bunch of money on it. But then he flipped it for like three hundred and fifty thousand yeah, dollars, huge yeah. amount of money, and then he just moved that into the next set of cars. Yep, like, he's just been doing that for a long, a long time. I've, I've heard for companies that do stuff like that, it may be the same guy because I'm sure this dude's been on the Smoking Tire podcast a billion times, and I've listened to every episode of it. Um, there was a guy on there talking about renting, doing like a. a like you know, you people rent the car to go around the do a couple laps on a track with an instructor right. in the yeah. passenger seat, and like the Murcielagos are apparently really good for that because they can run if you if you can keep the clutches good in them. That's like the main failure right. point. Yeah. If the clutches and the valve adjustment, if you can keep them good, like they'll run for like a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand miles, which is crazy for an exotic car like that. I, that is what I have heard about those cars. Though. Yeah. Like, if you just kind of keep up with it, yeah, it's just a great car. One of my favorite stories on old, old, old Jalopnik was of this dude that had, like, a really, a really, really bad sloppy divorce. And basically gave up on life, sort of. Like, had a, he, he had a rough time. And he's, he got out of this divorce and sold everything he owned and basically bought a Lamborghini Gallardo. And basically, I think he actually lived in it, mm. um, or like bounced from like motel to motel with right. his Lamborghini, and put like a hundred and fifty thousand miles on it until the valve adjustment, the valves got like he ended up bending a valve or something, yeah. and yeah. then he couldn't afford the rebuild. But he put like insane miles on that car, and it ju- it just ran, yeah. which is unheard of for Italian cars up until very recently. Yeah, I I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah, cool story, bro. So I, 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 I watch every episode of that show when it comes out. They post a couple times a week, and it's it's not always the same person. You know, they have all these different guests on, and it's just it's so much fun. They're yeah. just well shot. You know, it's it, it's basically an interview. It's, it's it's just a person sitting in a chair in front of an interesting background telling a story. Mm-hmm. But then they just like they'll put up pictures of different cars, or you know. Occasionally they'll throw in a video if there's you know video footage of it and like that dude in blue has been on there telling stories about you know the time he he owned eight hundred horsepower Supra for eight dollars and like yeah just like ridiculous stuff like that it's just a lot of fun to just kind of that that guy has has figured out how to make the internet video business model work for him and I'm very it's, it's cool to hear it because he's also I think he's. I don't know if he's originally from Richmond, but he lived in Richmond for a while when his stuff was really taking off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I he, think he, he lives in, like, Atlanta now. Yeah, he, he lives down in Atlanta now. But, um... Because, like, he used to, like, some of the bigger car meets that we didn't really frequent because we tend to not like that type of group of people that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the couple that we would go to, I've seen, I've seen him show up at those meets multiple times. Yeah, yeah. You remember, and we didn't tell this story, but... Or we we told part of the story. Do you remember going to the Trash Mountain meet? Absolutely. I think he was there. Really? Yeah. Because he talked about that in... He talked about going to that meet. The Trash Mountain MR2 meet? Yeah. Huh. I think... 
Because it was like just an MR2 thing. I mean, other other car groups do a trash mountain meet, but the ones we went to were specifically MR2 were stuff. They? Yeah. Because I could have sworn I remember seeing him there. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. But I don't recall. That was, that I was remember seeing him like the Cato's meet off of Midlothian a couple right, of times. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, and Cars and Coffee Richmond. Yeah. So there's there's that, you know, with that channel. But the another one that I watched that is internal combustion related um, is called Cars and Cameras Review, right? It's the name of the YouTube channel, but they he started off reviewing cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like he like he has a um, he has an NC Miata, his dad has a, a Corvette and a Z, Z32 and um, like he got like an old truck and like something else and like his buddy had a had a um, you know, one of the one of the Civics that everybody wants with one of the motors that everybody wants that yeah. I forget all of the mm-hmm. letter and number combinations for. Um, so anyways. There's anyways, a they, lot of that, yeah. They, they, started, they started off with that kind of stuff. Well, then they just happened into go-karts. They started building go-karts. There's these two guys, John and Ike, Isaac, um, and they're in North Carolina, and they just build go-karts, and they do ridiculous things with just like is this the video that you showed me where they have like the backyard and they like swapped a motor they like swapped two different motors onto this go-kart in the same day just to see how fast yeah. they could get around the backyard yeah. that's a great video yeah so they just they just they find craigslist stuff they put you know they put predator engines on everything and the harbor freight yeah the, the harbor, honda knockoff the, the honda clone uh, engines and now they're, they're sponsored by this website from texas uh called Go Power Sports um, that uh, just like sends them parts and they have all these go fast bits for all these engines and they're 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 taking the the six and a half horsepower motor up to like eight horsepower. Which that's impressive. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Huge, that's a thirty percent gain. That's right. So like they're they're just like doing all this crazy stuff and it's just it and they they've done stuff. They've built racing lawn mowers. They've done. They, they have a. Can we talk about lawn mower racing real I know, quick? I know we're gonna get there. They do we're it as like a there. little sideshow at Hyperfest, and it is so much fun to watch because those guys are moving. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. So, it has just made me. I, and I I don't know why I've always liked go karts. I really really have. Um, you know, we used to go to G Force all the time. Um, Sorry, I'm like super excited about that. Well, not excited. It's sad news. Today, mm-hmm. at the Dino Day, I was talking to some people about... V. It was a guy who's like in v, like one of the board members at VMSC, and he was talking about their discussions with... Ongoing discussions with Richmond Raceway to try to keep the venue for autocrossing. Uh-huh. So apparently they repaved the infield of the track... Okay. And we're gonna they they're gonna try to start using that instead of the the parking lot they've been mm-hmm. using, mm-hmm. because G Force, which has been an institution in Richmond for at least two decades, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, is basically the people who own that warehouse that they've been in forever is upping their has been upping their lease to a point where they can't afford it anymore and they're leaving they're they're not going to be in that building anymore interesting and they're going to be an outdoor thing and they're leasing space in that parking lot from RIR to do outdoor karting huh which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but my first reaction was to be sad because such it's like decent karting indoor karting in Richmond and now it's 
they're they're getting kicked out, which makes yeah. me sad. That is unfortunate. But anyway, that's all I have. Anyways, um, so these guys have been, have really, I feel like inspired me to to want to build and and have fun with go karts because it's it's cheaper than cars. Mm. Depends on by by a, by a small margin, yeah. but it's it, it's for them. It's by and by the, the, a little bit cheaper, um, and it just I don't know. Uh, oh, once you get once, it, once you get into like shifter carts and stuff, you may as well be driving cars. Right, right. It but it seems less. It seems like I can have I could potentially have more fun because it is less regulated like I don't I don't have to make a car like or I don't have to make a, a go a go-kart like you know pass inspection to like drive on the street and stuff like that you know and it's like I mean you don't have to with a track car either if, I know. You, if you trailer it everywhere I know it just like I don't know it, it's just something I've been thinking about but anyways back to lawnmowers yes because I just cannot help but think that doing something like lawnmower racing or even go-kart racing uh, just has to be the lowest barrier of entry to wheel-to-wheel racing with my friends. I would agree with that probably, yeah. And I just want to do it so badly. Yeah. But but I can't I can't foresee asking all of my friends to derail their actual race car plans to build racing if I can't get my lifelong Halo playing friends to buy Xbox ones to play Master Chief Collection online with me that ain't gonna happen (laughs) sorry I totally totally understand I just uh, so I I don't know I just every time I drive past some redneck out in the counties that has like 40 riding lawnmowers in his front yard I'm just like Right there, <laughs> I could, we could just if we could just have three of them. Yeah, and we don't even need to modify them. Like just take, the, the, crazy just take the blades off. Just take the decks off and like. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Buy a couple wear, helmets. Wear helmets. <laughs> like that. Just, I can't. I cannot imagine laughing harder while racing. Where doing, Where would you race I them? That's the I other problem. No, Your backyard? I don't Maybe! If we have to! <laughs> I would say my backyard's big enough, but it's it's full of molehills, so I don't know about uh, that. Just... Somebody, somebody owns land somewhere. Yeah. Somebody does, somewhere, yes. Somebody owns a field I've somewhere. said the same thing about shooting. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to find someone that has land. <laughs> Somebody owns a field somewhere that will let us terrorize it. Yeah. Mike? Maybe Mike. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially Mike. Like, across... across. I know Mike's going to hear this at some point, probably. Across the street, neighbors. Um, there's, like, just, like, land over there that I don't think anybody... Oh, at the meth house? Yeah, behind... Yeah. Like, behind and to the left of that. Yeah. There's just, like... <laughs> behind... No, I'm not at that. Your, out. your other left. <laughs> That's way too specific. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Um, oh man. Um, I said the math house. I agreed. <laughs> so I thought we were talking about the same thing. No, we are. But <laughs> to the right, I'm right, talking about yeah. it to the left. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was all trees. There, there are trees over there, but it, there's a lot of just flat ground over there too. Okay. Anyways. 
I just then you run into noise ordinances and people get grouchy. Ah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. It's less loud than guns, so I feel I, like it'd be easier to find. Is it though? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. Okay, it's less terrifying to possible listeners. There than you guns. go. I guess. Then just hear a bunch of like, why are they mowing their lawn so aggressively at the same time? That's right. That's right. That's right. So I just, I just, I just want to race lawnmowers with you guys, and man, I just want to play Halo with you I guys. Know. Come on! How hard is it to have an buy a used Xbox One? Come on! That's not the hard part. Hard. The hard part is paying for Xbox Live. Oh, and... is that isn't that the freaking truth? I haven't paid for Xbox Live in years. Yeah. So, so I had the oh no go ahead go ahead go ahead I no you 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 go I I, I was gonna say uh, one of the topics I had thought of similar to the YouTube video thing mm-hmm. and the you mm-hmm. know the car feature thing online um, was just like different documentaries or TV shows or anything that had been right. a big effect on you and I, like yeah. the, the first thing that came to mind for me was Senna yeah or like. Um, the killer years, yeah, Grand Prix. The killer years yeah. were so what was so cool, and the yeah. the Group B version of that as well. Mm-hmm. The Rally Killer Years, yeah, BBC documentaries, yeah. And I was gonna I was gonna actually bring those up when you mentioned the YouTube thing, but I I, I read that you put those separately, so I didn't know if you wanted to talk yeah. about them at the same time. But yeah, definitely, there's a documentary. I think it's on YouTube called Grand Prix: The Killer Year, The Killer Years. It's and definitely it's, on Amazon Prime. Is it? Yes. Okay. They have a whole series that I didn't know about. Yeah. It's it's on there, and it's just it's really depressing. Actually, it is kind of depressing. <laughs> it's it, it starts in like the fifties, or right? maybe even earlier. Like it might it may I, have gone through pre war Grand Prix stuff. And no, no, it, st- it starts at the end of World War Two. Is it okay. at least at the end of World it, War Two? Yeah, if not a couple years yeah. after that, and it just talks about like these these you know essentially these adrenaline junkies come home from the war from flying planes and want to start racing, and so they start racing and. Uh, they it, die at an insane rate. They die at a really, really crazy rate, and uh, it, t- it takes you from there, from that point, all the way up until Senna's death in '94. Just talking about all of the um, how much they had to fight and and just just struggle to get the to, drivers to make yeah the drivers how much they had to just struggle to get safety stuff basic safety stuff implemented, mm-hmm. and it's. I remember there's one there's one scene because I mean they talk about the big crashes that you know of like uh, there's that Mercedes crash in the 60s that killed like a hundred spectators because the yeah. car flew into the stands yeah that may have actually been at Le Mans actually now that I think about it not at a Formula I, I can't remember but but it was that they bring almost that the same up. thing back then yeah I mean they, these those back in the day those guys drove in every series yeah yeah um, but like the one that really sticks out to me I I feel really bad that I can't remember the names. But I want to say it was in the 70s or early 80s there was a crash where, and they have video of it, where the the guy crashes and his car is like fully on fire and his like best friend, who's also a driver in the race, like pulls over, yeah. jumps out of his car and tries to pull his friend from the wreckage and no, there's no, nobody's coming with fire extinguishers. There's like marshals there, but they're not doing anything and it's, Oh my gosh! It is it is just distru- like rips your heart out. It's so sad. I'm trying to find. But it's it's really interesting because I know um, Jackie Stewart, Sir Jackie Stewart, plays a big role in it because he was like at the forefront of 
really, really pushing for these safety changes. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting to me is how much backlash at first he got from other drivers saying yeah. how he was going to like ruin the sport with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But he obviously in the end he was he was proven to be in the right. Um, but man, what what a fascinating documentary that is. Was that was that fire when you were talking about? Was that on uh, the Nurburgring? Um, honestly, I don't remember. I thought it was another Gerhard, good one. Gerhard Mittler, Mitter, is it? possibly. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I can't. It is. It. I. Can't think I, of I, I seriously, I, it makes me cry when I watch that. Yeah. It's it's so it's it's really rough because like you can just see by the guy the guy who's trying to rescue his friend's body language just how how like desperate and like frustrated and hopeless he feels and it's it's that man, was it's it's a very powerful sequence. Do you remember the car? Because that was that was I after. don't. I, I want to say I it was after the the you know front wing and and everything era when they kind of went to. Yeah, monocoque. And, yeah, it was. It was not one of the weird tacked on arrow eras. Yeah, it, it was, was. It was like a cleaner design. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe like late seventies, like early eighties. Yeah, era, yeah. It man, that that sequence just really stands out in my mind. Yeah, because that gosh, it sucks to watch. It is so hard to watch. But it's, I mean, that's that's how it was. Like, I mean, you, you got behind the wheel of one of those cars, and there's, like, something like a 30% chance that you won't make it back. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. It's terrible. Um, and now the only person in an F1 car to have died since 94 is um, the guy who went under Yeah, I wanted to say, the is, rescue is it vehicle. Jules Bianchi? Yes, yeah, Jules, Bianchi Jules Bianchi went under the recovery vehicle in Japan. That, that documentary... Is very powerful, and I think um, it's not as focused on just the safety aspect. I don't think, but uh, there's a documentary that's also on Amazon Prime called One. Mm-hmm. It's just called One, I think, yeah. and it's narrated by Michael Fassbender, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of more of a general, general history of F1 type thing, but that's really good too. I highly recommend that. Do you remember the Truth in Twenty? Did I ever? Did you ever watch Truth in Twenty Four about um, the Audis like hyper dominant years in Le Mans back in the I, early two thousand? I think that I did, but I don't super remember that. It was narrated by. There was two parts, and it, they were both narrated by Jason Statham, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. The, those were really really good. Just to see, you get to know those drivers pretty well, and see how much effort it takes to maintain that kind of dominance in that event. His name was Roger Williamson. Roger Williamson. He, uh, it was on, uh, um, it was the Dutch Grand Prix at Sandvoort. Sandvoort. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, uh, 73. Yeah. Uh, was it 73? Yeah, 73. Okay, so I was a little off in timing. <laughs> I guess the tacked on arrow era was like late sixties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it was uh, uh, David Purley 
tried to man tried to rescue him. If if you can find that clip or even just watch the documentary, bring I mean, bring tissues because it's it it's is hard so to watch. Bad. It's so bad because uh, you're you're I mean you're literally watching someone burn to death. From, yeah. it's from a distance, but I mean it's man, it's it is so yeah. sad to his watch. Car, his car ends up upside down or on its side. And He's, he, the guy the guy runs in and like flips the car over by himself on fire like yeah. trying to save this dude and no and he's trying to get other people to help him no one else is helping him other drivers are going past on the track and yeah. then eventually a marshal shows up with a fire extinguisher but then like the fire extinguisher doesn't really work I mean when a ruptured fuel tank a fire extinguisher not gonna do I, but much. I'm saying I mean like the fire extinguisher like fails like, it's like to, it's totally inadequate it's and the, so bad the guy the, the marshal who's trying to use the fire extinguisher clearly doesn't know how to use a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. like it's really bad which it reminds me a lot of there's a um fast forward like 40 years there's a video from about seven eight years ago from a touring car race i don't remember where but it was a guy in a lamborghini gallardo or murcielago uh, mm-hmm. race car mm-hmm. uh, it's a video taken like a cell phone video from the stands um the guy gets involved in a, in a, a crash right in front of the stands and the car like gets hit like t-boned and spins out and immediately catches on fire like Mm -hmm. big big fire and uh the driver i believe escaped with minor injuries but the the big thing about the video was the response time to that incident being right at the main pits there's a lot of equipment and personnel right there and it it was like three minutes before they got him out of the car yeah or something like that and it's it's pretty crazy to watch too. I I I don't know what any more details on it than that, but it, Lamborghini race car fire. It, it was that that was pretty crazy too. That 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 one occupied my mind a lot. Huh. Did you know that Mark Webber wrote a book? No. It says Auss, Aussie Grit: My Formula One Journey. I'd read it. Interesting. I was just. I like Mark Webber. I, I was. I was thinking. You mentioned. Um, you mentioned Lamar, and he's. Oh, his famous Mercedes his crash. Famous Mercedes crash. Where it just lifts up off the track and out into the trees. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I can't speak for how how bad that must have been to actually be in, but as far as like Lamar's crashes goes, it's it that's a crazy one to watch because the car just literally flips out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. That probably wasn't that bad to endure physically. Maybe I, I compared don't know. to like, do you remember? Oh man, it was probably from like 2012, 2013, um, when the uh, LMP cars went from being open cockpit to being closed cockpit for like one of those first times. Mm. Uh, one of those cars was in one of the first early turns in the Le Mans track it's like a, a downhill a left coming downhill and then it goes into a right and one of the LMP cars was trying to overtake like a, a Ferrari uh, I don't know what you call them GT car sure um, one of the lower class like yeah, production yeah. based cars because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like a 458 or something like that D- like DTM or whatever yeah just that kind of like yeah, production yeah, yeah, based yeah, yeah, race yeah, yeah. car mm-hmm. and he gets Clipped like he gets um what do you call that kind of a collision the um, oh. uh 
he gets hit on the inside of his rear and it spins him out and he goes through like he and he's he's going so fast and he he just goes straight through the grass and sand trap into the barrier where there's like a ton of media people right on the other side but the barrier does a great job of keeping the car rolling through the air but without going over the wall mm-hmm. except for like a tire i think a tire makes it over um, but that that crash is one of the one of the crazy just the amount of like fully intact car to just shit everywhere yeah. in the air yeah. like so fast yeah that 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 crash really sticks that video sticks with me pretty good one one that always stuck with me wasn't um, wasn't especially bad for the driver or anything like that but in modern F1 uh, was uh, Vettel's Red Bull crash when both of his controls oh. just explode. <laughs> that is the funniest crash I've ever seen. If a, if a crash can be said to be hilarious, yeah. this is the one. He's driving down the main straight of Silverstone, or the front straight of Silverstone, start, finish straight, coming up to turn one, and he hits the brake for turn one. And it, it the, you can find, like, frame-by-frame frame slow-mo video of it. The right control arm just explodes out of nowhere, and then overloads the left control arm, and it explodes out of nowhere. And both of the front tires are just like detached from just the car, ejected just, from the vehicle, <laughs> and just wobbling around. Because I think they're they're, they, they're tethered. The, t- the tethers stay yeah. intact, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, the tires are just wobbling, and he just slides right into the right into the gravel pit right at the end of the main street. But it's just like, it's like what are you supposed <laughs> to do when that happens? <laughs> like, who? Where in driver training is the preparation for your control arms explode? It's like you like nothing you, you, go, you go from like full throttle to having no front wheels instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> like what do you do? Uh, that's so it's so hilarious, and and I think there's there was even an interview with him afterwards where he was just kind of laughing about it. Yeah, like, like what, what are you gonna do? What are you what are you, what, what are you gonna do? You know? It's like well that happened. <laughs> <laughs> the front half of my car exploded when I hit the brakes. I don't know, like oh, that one's wild. Oh man, yeah. There's a there's a great documentary somewhere about the um, the uh, Corvette team. Oh yeah, uh, wanting to win Sebring. Yeah, and when they built the C6. Yeah, the C6R. Like just to win Sebring, essentially, and it's like it's really really excellent interviews with the engineers and stuff like that who who said like you know here here are the things that we need to be different from the c5 and so the design team built the c5 to accommodate you know like they instead of instead of uh like the c5 has like the the split grill so like three-piece grill well, they wanted a one-piece grill so the More c6 well. has a one-piece grill because the race team and that like that kind of stuff just i love it i love yeah. it that's why a lot of people like the C7 so much is because the C6 is basically a, a highly modified C5. Yeah. Whereas the C7 is basically a ground-up, brand-new car. Right, right. But I, mean, I, I yeah. still... The C6, I think, will always be my favorite. I don't probably, know why. Probably. I think it's the I, best-looking I, Corvette. I do like the C4s. I just have a... a oh, nostalgia, yeah. A nostalgia cookie for yeah. them for some reason. A, a, man, a C4 Corvette with, a like, a like an LS drivetrain would mm-hmm. be so nice. Like, a C5 Z06 drivetrain yeah. and a C4 would yeah. be optimal. That'd be sweet. The, um... In, the, in that documentary, there's a... There's an interesting crash they have on Sebring. Uh, 
where it, again it's coming down the main straight uh, the driver I forget his like name like the back straight right before the hard bumpy right yeah, to yeah, go to the right. finish yeah so he, he hits the brake and his brake rotor explodes yeah just like puff of black dust out, out the side of the wheel and he's like 170 miles an hour mm-hmm. what do you do tires yeah. find the tires <laughs> yeah so he just downshifts a couple times spin the, spins the car right into the guardrail or the barrier at the end or whatever and uh the, they have an interview with the driver where he explains like what happens and it's it's just man can't even imagine a, I can't I can't necessarily imagine going 170 miles an hour in a race car on Sebring into that bumpy ass turn yeah. but you know let alone something going wrong with yeah. the car at I, I can't imagine the pressure of having the responsibility of don't break this you know machine that is worth Realistic, really, probably like one point two million dollars. Yeah, um, like just just having that responsibility on your shoulders is like crushing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, don't mess it up. That that is that is one thing, but the like there there is no car worth more than a human life. So I suppose. Um, I I would almost counter your point with saying that the I can't imagine the pressure of the engineer that has to design a thing to protect a human Mm. you know what I mean oh speaking of that exact thing the gentleman whose name I can't remember who invented the Hans device passed away this week really yep Hmm. I saw a post about it on the car so I read it interesting yeah I can't I can't remember his name but he passed away this week and like the the a lot of the comments on the the article and stuff were talking about like who how many lives that guy has saved mm. just from that simple you yeah. know device like that's what killed Dale Earnhardt mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. he didn't wear a Hans device and he got a basal skull fracture from mm-hmm. things and like he, there was somebody that was talking about it was at Road Atlanta and they were doing an event like, and he was talking about a terrifying track. That last turn twelve, right before the start finish, nope. is crazy coming nope. down that hill yep. to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the turn he was talking about. Is he was they were at a an event, and there was one driver there that wore a Hans device for the first time, mm-hmm. and everyone else there gave them a ton of shit, and was just making fun of them and all that stuff. And that guy lost it in turn 12 and hit the wall hard enough to knock the wall back and they felt it through the entire pit because he was going like 120 miles an hour and uh, he walked away from that mm-hmm. and like everyone else thought that that guy was going to be dead mm-hmm. and he walked away from it and every, the next event 70% of the field was wearing Hans devices so crazy yeah so crazy and if they weren't, if they didn't start at five hundred dollars, I would have one already. Right, <laughs> they're so goddamn expensive. They are really expensive. Oh, I was gonna like way backtrack a lot. Right, back to Cars and Cameras YouTube yep. channel. Right, um, so it, it just uh, apparently a law or whatever just got passed in whatever town in North Carolina they live in, uh, or area whatever that uh, they made. Uh, provisions to make golf carts road legal. Really? Yeah. So you have to have you have to have blinkers and headlights and seatbelts. You know, I, I think seatbelts and stuff like that. But golf carts road legal. So okay. they got like a like again like rusted out Craigslist. You know, barely anything there. Golf cart and they put um, they got this motor from um, 
did they get did they get a motor or they build a motor? I forget. I think they got a motor. So I'm assuming this is a gas golf cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gas golf. It was electric. They're com- okay. they're converting it right, okay. from electric golf cart. Um, they got this. Uh, so Predator, you know, makes these motors. They make a, a two twelve, a three twenty, a four twenty, and a six seventy. I think they make a five something, but it's only a vertical shaft. Doesn't matter. Okay. Point is, they make this four twenty cubic inch. Uh, cubic inch. CC, excuse yeah. me. I was going to uh, say, holy balls. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, the, the piston's the size of a rain barrel. Just, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, you make this 420 that I think factory horsepower. That's like, a big motor. 420 cc's? Yeah, that's yeah. a big motor. I think factory. factory. Is it a four cylinder? No, it's just one cylinder. What? Yeah. They're, oh my god. Yeah, only the 670 has more than one cylinder. Jesus and that's a Christ. two cylinder. Oh my god. Right. Anyways. I think that this thing is supposed to make like twelve or thirteen horsepower uh-huh. from the factory. Well, they have like the like, the like stage one upgrade like craziness, <laughs> and it makes like twenty horsepower. Oh my god! And it's got it's just got a straight pipe exhaust that points right out the back. It's like and pop 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 it's pop pop. So loud! Like the, <laughs> watch them fire it up, and they're both like, ah! and the, like the one dude is like. Like, super redneck, no mufflers on any of his vehicles kind of guy. Right. But he's just standing behind this thing like, it looks like his ears are bleeding. This is unacceptable. He's like, oh my god. So they need to quiet it down because it has to pass an inspection, right? Okay. It's like, sir, you're breaking windows. You're going to have to do something. So they, in in their in their fashion, solve all of their problems with just, ah, it'll be fine. You know? Like, okay. It'll be fine, right? So they're... What they do, they go to the hardware store. Oh no. And this they is get, for a muffler solution? This is for a muffler solution. Okay. They get a piece of. Can't even. They get a piece of flexible metal conduit. Like, Jesus. It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe 30 inches long or whatever. Uh-huh. And literally just shove it in the pipe. <laughs> and I swear, it quieted the motor by half. Oh my god. And, I was expecting you to say they went and bought like a metal trash can and packed it with steel wool and that was their muffler. No, no. No, but it's not even that sophisticated. No, I literally just shoved a piece of conduit in there. <laughs> okay. And he's like, the dude Ike is like, is like, it's like, no man, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Watch, watch. And he grabs like a piece of, like a random piece of steel tube and like puts his lips up to it and plays it like a trumpet and you hear this like, brrrr noise out the end of it he's like now watch this and he pulls the conduit in here and he's like okay fine and he's like fire it up fire it up fire it up and they just shove it in there and it sounds great and it sounds funny oh my god it's so funny and they had they had a smaller piece of conduit and they put that in the end <laughs> and it quieted it more <laughs> Like they just they just want to do this for the inspection and then just rip it right back oh out. <laughs> Jesus! I was watching the episode the other day, just crying at my computer. It was so funny. <laughs> just like wasn't a little tab to hold it and just rip the thing out. You're done. They they call they they have like a slogan, if you will, and it's um, uh, no parts, no tools, no plans, no problem. <laughs> It'll be fine. And they, they make shirts that say it'll be fine. Oh my god. <laughs> or f- for testing purposes only. Jesus. <laughs> so funny. 
everything they do is so janky and like hobbled together, but they're doing it in this dude in this guy's dad's garage is like this three bay garage with a lift in the corner and like Lincoln welders and stuff like that and you're like you're like you have all the stuff and so all do the, you you could do it right if you wanted like <laughs> they're just like nah like battery drill and like angle grinder and just ah cut it whatever it'll be fine like, oh my god it's so hilarious so it's, it's basically so an funny. entire channel of the Jeremy Clarkson approach uh-huh. to how to do uh-huh. anything uh-huh. <sighs> Oh man, it's so good. I love it so much. Wow, it's just an absolute riot. But they 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 build some ridiculous ridiculous vehicles. There's a couple. So I've like snowballed into a couple of other go kart channels. There's this one uh, called Rather Be Welding, right? And this guy just does like metal projects essentially, but he's built a couple of different go karts. He's he has this one project cart that is. Um, I think it's rather well into this. Yeah. So he's got one that has, like, he took a motorcycle engine and, like, put it on essentially a small dune buggy, which is really sweet. Um, he built his own two-speed transmission. So he, um, what? Please continue. The fact that he, you said he built his own transmission. I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, he has a motor. I forget what motor it is. It almost doesn't matter. Um... And basically what he did is, uh, so there's a chain coming down, right? And, uh, oh, how exactly did it work? Essentially, he, he has a, 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 a ch- chain set up to, uh, drive one of two gears, right? Um, one of two sprockets to run the chain down to the axle. Okay. And what he does is one, one sprocket, uh, has, they, they eat. Sorry, each sprocket has a plate on it with, like, six holes drilled in, like, a six-bolt pattern, right? And they're, like, I mean, they're, you know, five-eighths holes or something like that. They're pretty big, right? So each of them has it. And then in between them is this sliding disc that can slide on a spinning axle, right? So it's got, he, he built some bearing for it, for, or he, he bought a bearing um, and assembled the thing around this bearing. But, uh... And then there's a lever that just moves this disc back and forth. And this disc just has, like, six pegs on it that fit in the holes. So, like, he has to, like, rev match it, you know? But it then just slots right in. Because there's no synchros, but it... Yeah, there's no synchro, but all you have to do is, like, as long as the rev just matches. Du- like... Just just double clutch it instead of granny shit. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, but it's hilarious. It's freaking hilarious. So, like, it's just, like, whatever clutch, you know... Is on the is on the thing that it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's that so good. hurts my brain. Yeah. Oh my let me, god. I, let me let me see if I can find a at least a picture of it. That I mean I get it, but right. like just making that from scratch and yeah. having it not. Yeah, he also built him. his own lathe, so you know, yeah. <sighs> That's about as interesting to me as someone being like, I want to make my own CRT TV from scratch. Like, <laughs> I would watch that YouTube video. I know, I, I know you would. I would not. I know you wouldn't. That's, that is, oh man. That's like some next level just, I don't care. I know, I know. But that's that's the kind of stuff that really, you know. Grind your gears. No. Oh. Or get your gears going. Yeah. Yeah. 
rather oh, be. Oh boy. Molding. Where are you? So suppose uh, here's a little aside for you. Okay. Supposedly at Kevin Flim Flam Speed's shop right mm-hmm. now, there is a black SN95 Celine Mustang. Okay. That, according to the person that I was talking to or listening to while they were talking, mm-hmm. used to be one of Paul Walker's cars. Oh, interesting. And after he passed, it was like sold to a collector, mm-hmm. and it never ran right, mm-hmm. and then it was sold to some local guy, mm-hmm. and now Kevin is trying to make it work. Interesting. But it is an ex-Paul Walker vehicle, which I think wow. is pretty rad. That's pretty fantastic, actually. But it's not white. I was expecting it to be white. Yeah, right. But it's, no, it's black. There you go. <laughs> what you got? What? This what? is it kind of assembled together between two bearings. Okay. Right, so he drives the shaft, and that, that spins the... That spins the... Oh, thing. my God. Yeah, right? That just makes me angry. How how amazing is that? He just like built it in his garage. And that's neutral. Yeah. It's freaking fantastic. That just that just makes me irrationally it's angry. It's so cool. It's so cool. I love it. Man. Why are people so smart and I'm so dumb? <laughs> like, I would never in a million years come up with that. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling uh. you. Maybe in a million years. <laughs> it would take me a really long time. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't I haven't kept up with his YouTube channel recently. I need to go back and watch a bunch of it. His videos are pretty can be pretty long sometimes, and mm-hmm. he um, well maybe he's improved recently, but for a while he hadn't really figured out his his uh, you know editing style. Right. Um, but anyways, I, I think it was this guy, or maybe it was somebody else, built a... Um, oh, I'm trying to, trying to scroll back to see if I can find it. Uh, but this person that I'm, I'm thinking of built a um, an electric go-kart out of an alternator. So you take an alternator, uh, which is essentially a three-phase motor, mm-hmm. but back like backwards, right? right? And you you take out the the rectifier, like the thing that makes it into DC, right? So you take out the rectifier and like kind of rewire it a little bit, and then you can just add power to the other side. And it and, spins the and shaft. It spins the shaft. Huh. Um, the problem is cooling it, which is kind of, uh, can be kind of difficult. Submerse it in vegetable oil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just really interesting because he he just uh, he built this little you know rectangular frame with a couple of cheap wheels and. Couple sprockets and an axle, but um, with an alternator. Yeah, but with an and that's alternator. enough to drive it and make yeah. it decently quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's some horsepower. I mean, he's got a battery pack on there that's like you know significant. Yeah, you need a, a, a what's called an ESC, an electric speed control for a, a brushless DC motor, which mm. is essentially what it is. Um, Which you could probably pull out of a power drill or some some such. There's um, you, you can you can buy them new, you know, uh, 
Um, but or you can make them if you're adventurous. Um, but it's just a you know essentially a high frequency pulse with modulated DC signal. You know, down three different wires to run this thing. Right. But it's like it's it's decent for just an alternator and a battery pack, you know, and, huh. and the, the electronics to control it. This is the kind of shit that's going to happen in our, like, apocalyptic future. That's, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I saw that video, and then I was just, um, like, a couple days later, I, I used to do this thing. Uh, I saw that video a while Dude, ago. Dude, can you imagine, like, hooking that drive system up to, like, a Razor scooter and just wearing the batteries as a backpack? That's what I'm saying, like... How ridiculous. That, that would be, be rad. Just yeah. plug it, take yeah. your, have your backpack full yeah. of lithium-ion yeah. laptop batteries and just plug it into the mm-hmm. handlebars. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool, actually. That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, some sort of little scooter like that. Oh, uh, now, now, now I want to build that. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to build that. There it um, is. <laughs> or like a little bike. Yeah, something like, like that. A, like, a, like a one of those mini pocket bike things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I was on I was on Amazon, and I used to do this thing a long time ago. Uh, Amazon had I think I may I maybe even told the story on the podcast. Before. I I can't remember now. Amazon, I don't think I did actually. I told the story recently to somebody. Okay. Amazon, uh, if you sh- like shop by department, right? It used to be at the very bottom of the list of all of the departments. There was a tab that said everything else. Okay. And you could go onto that tab and then filter by price. And buy things literally for pennies. Uh-huh. And that's how I built that clear Xbox controller. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I just was scrolling through there and I saw like buttons. I was like, Xbox buttons. Interesting. And I was for like, like five cents. Yeah, for like two cents or something like that. Free shipping. It's going to take three weeks, but whatever. Right. Uh, who cares, right? So I used to do this thing. I used to just find random things on there and just laugh and, you know, have a good time, you know. Like look just at see the, what ridiculous things. Look look at these hilarious purple tassely pasties. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. just random stuff. Right. Hilarious stuff, right? Um, you know, great place for a gag gift every now and again, right? That sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, I found a way to do that something like that recently on Amazon. I, I say recently, I mean in the past couple of years. Um, right. The that what I was talking about was probably eight, nine, ten years ago, something like that. Um, but I just, I found a way to like find really cheap stuff or something like that. I could, some combination of filtering and, and in the right departments or whatever. And I did it in the, uh, like, um, whatever, whatever tab, like industrial, scientific, and automotive, like all that falls under. And I found an alternator for like random Ford alternator for like, Eight dollars, <laughs> and so like and it was prime, like two yeah. day two day delivery. So I just bought it, just to have, just to have. So okay. it's like one day if I want to make some sort of you know if I want to flip it and turn it into a, a motor or if I want to you know make some tiny generator or something like that. Just like now I just have an alternator just sitting on a shelf that's brand new. Eight dollars, like what? You know, it's just like yeah, cheap, so cheap pick, insurance for the apocalypse. It's all I'm saying. Pick up, pick up a free exercise bike and gear it in such a way right. that you can just power your house right. <laughs> from like thirty minutes on a bike. Right. <laughs> uh, man, I I just I watch I watch a lot of YouTube, um, and one of the dudes I watch is named Great Scott, 
This is such a great. That's a great YouTube channel name. Isn't it great? Yep. Uh, he's German. He's an electrical engineer, and like he just uh, built. Is his name Scott? I have no idea what his actual name is. Actually, I'd be very disappointed if his name was not Scott. I agree. <laughs> um, it's probably Klaus or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna go with Wilhelm. But See, that yeah. sounds that sounds like super stereotypical. <laughs> except that when my my wife's German extended family was here from Germany, his name was totally Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this dude just makes all sorts of crazy electronics projects, and he does everything with like the like brushless DC motors and uh, lithium batteries and just all these crazy things. He made he made a he like hand built a battery pack for his his electronic bike and like just all this crazy stuff. And so okay. I, what, what batteries does he use? Just like 18, laptop batteries? Eight, just eighteen six fifty cells, just mm. little, you know, just stack them. Mm-hmm. Which is what are in most battery packs. You take them right. apart, and that's what's inside of them. So, uh, so that you know leads you down the rabbit trail of watching people build their own, you know, Tesla power walls and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just that kind of stuff is crazy. Have you been to Solar Mill? Have you seen Bert's workshop? Mm-mm. No, yeah. I haven't. Man, you you would you would just lose your brain. I'm sure that I would, but it's set up in there. That kind of stuff just makes me want to like DIY my own like off grid power, you know. Yeah. Gosh, I've watched so many videos about off grid power, power walls, hydro generators, solar power, like all this stuff. I'm just like, oh my gosh. If the panels were so fucking expensive. Please. I know, right? But I, I just can't even, can you imagine just like generating all the power you need for 48 hours, you know? Or at least, like, you know, most of it. Yeah. Just, like, cut your power bill in half. Or even, like, even store store power from the grid when it's cheap during the day. Yeah. And use what you've stored at night, you know, even simple stuff like that. Yeah. Which is how the power wall is, but, like, that's how they're selling the power wall. Right. Or where, I haven't right. heard anybody talk about it since it came out. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It's a neat idea. Mm-hmm. I'd like to that's see them come idea. out. I'd like to see them come out with their solar panel... Uh, shingles. Shingles, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they can make that work and not cost 800 bajillion dollars. Yeah. I'd love to see solar solar tiles. That'd be cool. Like, I feel like that's te- a lot of Tesla, or not maybe not Tesla specifically, Elon Musk's problem is that he has some interesting ideas, but like only crazy rich people can afford them. Yeah, that's fair. The Model 3 is a good step. And the power wall is actually not that bad. It's like six grand or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a lot, but it's not like an earth shattering amount. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like an okay used car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really have anything else. Me neither. Do you want to do an outro of some sort? Uh, have you? <laughs> okay. Have you tried? Have Have you seen in the stores? This is not car related at all. Have you seen? The new Monster flavor. They have a Monster Energy Java Series Swiss chocolate flavor. No, I have not. Supposedly, it's only at Dollar General's. What? Okay. All <laughs> They're, right. like, yeah. testing it. Cool. I have one in the fridge right now. I have not tried okay. it yet. But <laughs> Sounds I, amazing. It, it has, like, the cool, like, European flags and stuff all oh, over really? it. Yeah. It's really... I like, it caught my eye when I was in line buying a loaf of bread. And I was like... I'll have one of those just to try. But, hmm. yeah, supposedly it's pretty good. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. 
Good night. Good night. <laughs>